Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Man City Show. John Stapleton standing in as usual for Nigel Rothman off for another week or so. I'm back with you very soon, I'm sure. So what did you make of the Wolves game? Easy peasy really, wasn't it? What about young Jack Grealish? Much criticised by some, I have to say, including me, has he finally arrived? To discuss that, I had a great deal more. We're joined by Stuart Brodkin, Nick Goldstone, and Tony Newgrosh. Uh, good to see you all. Uh, Tony, let's start with you. The Wolves game, your your reflections. It's a funny one, really, isn't it? Are we so sated that with success that a 3-0 victory away from home leaves us somewhat strangely underwhelmed? But I have to say, I could barely even bother to watch match of the day after that. We were good, nothing more than that, but 1-0 up after a minute. 2-0 up against 10 men. It should have been fill your boots. So, for me, yeah, job done, but nothing more than that, really. Stuart Broken? Uh, yeah, it was, it, I, there was a lot of moaning on our WhatsApp group about the game, but I, I think it was a bit unjustified. I think we played OK. I think we we, we did enough to win the game very comfortably. Um, we don't play that well against 10 men, usually. We didn't play well against... Uh, I think it was Leeds. Uh, we didn't play so well against other other teams, although we did beat QPR in that very famous Aguero game some time ago against ten men. But yeah, I, I thought we played okay, no, no better than that really. But but I think I, I think we are becoming a bit um, sort of uh, entitled as City fans, and we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be. We should just sit back and enjoy it, you know. And we don't. We tend not to sometimes. But yeah, that's City fans for you. All right, Nick, your assessment. Um, well, I'm not sure the fans were entitled. I think the, the team played like they were a little bit entitled. 
Um, and they did earn the right, but uh, Wolves not so much shot themselves in the foot as blew their own legs off within about 15 minutes. Um, they gave away two pretty average goals, I thought, ended up with 10 men. And City strolled around doing as little as they possibly, possibly could for the vast majority of the game, to be quite honest. Well, that's what I thought too, uh, uh, Tony. I, I just thought, you know, particularly in the second half, we took that, our foot off the gas, didn't we? Yeah, I'm kind of reassured. I had five hours in the car back with Lisa Rabinovitz the other week, and I thought <laughs> it might have clouded my judgment. So I'm kind of reassured we're all in the same boat here. But yeah, look, maybe they're all just trying to pace themselves. We were, we were never looking like we were going to lose the game, but... Even the goals left, I don't know, Harlan sort of bobbled his shot in, didn't he? It wasn't It wasn't one for the purists, but it's a bit churlish, I think, to complain at 3-0. No injuries, one booking. I think we'll take that and move on. And I have to say, Stuart, it seems to me that Wolves played better with 10 men than they did with 11. Yeah, they did, actually, yeah. Um, for about 20 minutes in the second half, they, they were the better team by far and they had much more possession, but they, they've got no sort of final final touch at all um i think you know we managed the game <laughs> i don't think guardiola would have been pleased with the performance but you know three nil up what are we supposed to do just you know keep going forever and ever and ever but until we get six or ten um i think three points is 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 key we didn't play particularly well uh, we got three points. I, th- I think, you know, if 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 you're going to the theatre, you want to be entertained, but sometimes you just have to do what you have to do, and, and I think that's what we did. I have to say, though, Nick, you know, Wolves didn't give up. They, they had a go, didn't they? <laughs> oh, I thought they were pretty decent. I mean, even in the early stages, even when we were a goal up, even a couple of goals up, they had some pretty decent quality possession, and really the difference between that game and a couple of the of the previous ones is that they didn't manage to get a goal, but they could have. They um, they got themselves into some good positions. I thought we, we gave them a fair amount of um, space and time. Um, and, you know, had they struck lucky and, and one had gone in or a couple had gone in, then it, it could have been a very different game. Of course, if they hadn't gone down to 10 men and that tackle was pretty horrendous. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about the decision of the ref, was it? Absolutely no. I don't know why. They, I, well, I'm not sure how much uh, dispute there was, but, uh, you know, regardless of whether there was intent, it was just a horrendously agricultural tackle. Well, let's re- just go back to a subject we've touched on before. And in fact, only last week, I was talking about Jack Greenish. And I, I've been critical of Jack Greenish. I've said, I, you know, almost said, I don't know quite what he's there for, Frank. And I, I've challenged the assumption that he's worth 100 million quid because I've looked at his record. I've looked at, you know, until the Wolves game, three goals and three assists. And I've said, you know, what's he for, basically? That changed more than somewhat in my head uh, against against Wolves. What about you, Tony? I would say it was good. I wouldn't say anything more than that. Uh, I'm still waiting for that almost sort of breakthrough great game that he completely dominates sort of KDB style and, and wins it almost single-handedly. It was certainly a step in the right direction. Great to see him get an early goal. Clearly, it will do his confidence the world of good. So let's hope he does push on from here. But I think it was a bit over the top to suggest that he was all of a sudden justifying that price tag, albeit, you know, that's we can't blame him. That 100 million was his release clause. But 
I still think there's more to come and I hope there's more to come. Was it, Nick, for you, his best performance so far? I've still got faith in him. I think he's a great footballer. I don't think he's shown us anything more than about 70% of what he's capable of so far. I think De Bruyne was defending him today, saying that, you know, he will come good. And uh, I, I think he will. I think he's got all the skills, the skill set that we that he needs to be a great player. He's in a team of, he was in a team where he was the star Um you know, at Villa, and now he's in a team of stars. So, uh, and I think the price tag, is, as Tony said, it's not his fault that he's got that hanging over his head. I don't think it affects him particularly, but I think he, you know, he needs to push on a little bit. I think he, I think he played well at, at uh, Wolves. Uh, I think he did. That was probably one of his better games. But, I, but as Tony says, also he's not produced that 90, 90 minute world-class, dominating, match-winning performance. It's difficult in a team like City to do that, but he should be doing it somewhere near that, more or less, every week or when he's picked. I will get to you, Nick, on that question. Was it his best performance so far? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, obviously, the early goal made a big difference, and I I guess it made a, a big difference to our perception of, of his performance. Um, I'm not sure we'd be hugely enthusiastic about Jack Grealish, even if he'd cost half a hundred million. But um, that's not that I want to particularly criticise him. I think he's a good player and I think he's a good addition. Um, I think he will come good. Um, But he's had a year's grace. Come on, you know, I mean, I'm I'm reverting to my old old critical self now. He's had a year's grace. And apart from one, maybe two games previously... I can't think I've ever come away from that from a match thinking, bye, he's you know, he's, he's a good 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 buy, he was worth the money. Yeah, no, I'm being I'm being pretty kind and generous to him, I think. Um, because he does have to do it at some point. I mean, one could argue that you know he came very, very close against Madrid last year to wrapping up that game and you know, had those that uh, one of those couple of chances gone in rather than either hit the post or just gone an inch wide then the world would be a very different place for him now um so very fine margins um but it, it, it you know it's partly i guess he plays how he's how he's told to play by pep um we don't know we're never going to know what he's what he's what he's told to do and how he compares to to what he's being asked to do um, because those things never get disclosed outside of the dressing room, quite rightly. Um, he's playing against uh, 11 defenders almost every week, which is not something he used to do in his at his previous club. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there aren't... There clearly haven't been those games where he's run away with it. Um, and he's got to start turning in those performances at, 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 at some point. We're probably never going to know what Pep really thinks until yeah. until he sells him. I'll come, I'll come to Pep in, in just a minute. But first of all, Tony, you play in a slightly different position, and I'm running, I'm thinking I'm just wondering how he, and is Pep playing him in the wrong position? How has he previously played him in the wrong position? Well, I think the mark of a good player is you make the position your own, don't you? Um, I mean, KDB pops up all over the place. I couldn't tell you exactly where he's meant to play. 
grab the game by the scruff of the neck and make a difference wherever you are told to play. And certainly for the price tag he's come with, playing with the players he's playing with, he should be able to do that. And he's had, as you say, a season to settle in. He wouldn't be the first player who's had a, a difficult first season. Now is the time and he should take it. I don't care if he's playing fullback or or in his favourite position. He's good enough and he's playing with good enough players to make a difference wherever he's selected. Do you think the price tag, Tony, has been a bit of a millstone around his neck? Do you think that's mentally affected him in, in his game? I don't think so, no. He always says it doesn't bother him, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't, the way he the way he plays. He's that sort of character that he just, just gets on with it. He's, he's very, a very ebullient character, and I think he will he will make good. I really do. Um, he needs to score some more goals. He, he always says that about his own performances. Even at Villa, he didn't score that many goals. And I think, you know, he, he wants to get in the box a bit more. He had three shots, I think, against... Um, uh, in the previous Champions League game, and he just hesitated that split second that makes the difference, like Nick was talking about fine margins a minute ago. And that's exactly where, you know, if he was full of confidence and full of, you know, the joys of spring, as he should be, I'm sure he's getting a lot of money and he's enjoying life. He should be putting those chances away, or at least one or two of them, you know, in every game. Let's just talk, all three of us, about, about Pep's relationship with this guy, because... Pep, the day before the game, was in the public print saying, you know, we don't, we didn't buy him to score goals. We didn't buy him to actually uh, create assists. We bought him because he's a good player, a good team player, to start off those sort of movements, etc. cetera. If I'm interpreting him correctly. Do you think that helped him? And do you think Pep is right to always stand, say, on the side of the players no matter what? Let's kick off with, let's kick off with Nick on that one. Nick. Yeah, absolutely. 100% right. Um, he's proved that time and time again. Um, but um, it, it, you know, the, there's a there's an argument to say that Grealish is possibly the kind of player who thrives on confidence um, and likes being a bit of a big shot. Whereas he's now possibly gained some humility. Um, uh, playing for City, which maybe isn't entirely right for him. Um, he needs to really push the boat out. Uh, and, um, you know, maybe that's just holding him back. But I don't think it, I, I don't think it's enormously helpful or a particularly good sign that the manager kind of has to come out and defend him a little bit. Well, I think I'm a bit more worried than that about it, actually, Tony, because I, I think on the one hand, it's laudable, completely laudable that Pep stands up for his players every time. But is he right to continually, almost always say, I'm very happy with the team, they did brilliantly, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't that undermine his credibility to some extent? Because clearly they're not always, you know, on top form and clearly we don't always play well. Yeah, I think that's always been Pep's style, though, hasn't it? Yeah, occasionally we all perhaps need a kick up the backside. But, you know, I don't think it's any lack of effort by Grealish. He does look a bit of a, a wide boy and you hope he's knuckling down behind the scenes. But assuming he's doing that, and I think Pep is just trying to give him the confidence to to push forward at City. Because as we've all said, he's clearly got the ability. I suspect he is just still feeling his role in the team. And it's hard because he's in and out the squad, in and out the starting eleven at the moment. So perhaps just like, you know, Gabriel Jesus has proved to Arsenal, maybe 
maybe he just needs that run of games. I'm sure I'm sure it will come. And look, I think far be it from me to tell Pep how to run a football team. He's done a pretty good job so far. Well, let's see if Stuart can tell Pep how to run a football team. Stuart, if you if you were his PR man, I you, wouldn't dream. I wouldn't you? dream of doing so. I think Pep's public pronouncements and Pep's private conversations with the players are totally different. He often comes out and says ridiculous things in press conferences that that I can't believe I, I'm hearing. You know, and he also often praises the opposition beyond their actual capabilities it is also strange you know but that's Pep's style and as Tony just said he's he's done pretty well so far in the three teams that he's been in charge of and I I wouldn't dream of even challenging him on that and that's how he is you know he's that sort of guy and I think you know you look at the former Chelsea manager who's criticizing the players left right and center every week I can't believe that that's good for the morale I can't believe it's good for the for the punters to hear that about their own players. And there is no lack of effort. There is never a lack of effort at City. They might have strolled around a bit at um, Wolves uh, the other day, but there was no lack of effort. I don't think they were sort of, you know, not trying. Uh, I think they, they try 100% for Pep, no question. And All Pep right. style is Pep style. You have to, we have to accept that. Enough of uh, Jack jumping Jack Greenish for, for the time being. Who who was who was our man of the match? Now KDB got it uh, as in the commentary I saw. Uh, Tony, who was your man of the match? I'll come forward with one of mine in just a tick. But who was yours? Well, I would have said KDB actually. Was it two assists he got? Um, yeah. I, it's you know I didn't think anyone else was well as we said as a, a team performance. It was fairly underwhelming. So yeah, I'd I'd have agreed with KDB. Nick. Difficult the match. Difficult one. Oh, you were sure. thinking about it. I'm not sure there was one, to be honest. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who I was impressed by, uh, and I don't really qualify as a man of the match, but he's not far off, and that's our new centre half, Akanji. Yeah, but you know that's a good case in point. I mean, that guy has just hit the jackpot. He has done, He has barely had to make a tackle since he joined <laughs> the team. He's walked straight into the. <clears throat> The back four, he has looked Mangala-like for his, for his two or three early games. You know, looking looking pretty pretty majestic and unruffleable. Um, but he's not had a he's not had a tough game to play yet, has he? You can't beat a city cynic, Nick. You can't <laughs> beat a city. No, it's a fair point, I suppose. But he didn't put a foot wrong, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't. He, he he did what he needed to do. And yeah, I mean, it's, it really is. A, it's an odd one, the way that he's just strolled straight into the team, because it's it's pretty unusual when we when we get new players in that they, um, you know, they might play the odd game, but they the, they certainly don't get a, a run like like he has. And daft it may sound, Stuart, at £16 million is a snip, isn't he? Say again, sorry. Daft as, it, daft as it may sound, at 16 million quid is a snip. Yeah, it could be. I mean, he was he was replaced at, at Borussia Dortmund, wasn't he? I think um, he wasn't in the team at all. Uh, but he, I did watch the game again the other day, um, and he did look very slow to get back. I, I hope that's not a, a feature of his game because maybe he's not 100% fit yet. I don't know. But he did look pretty slow coming back from a position where he'd lost the ball or we'd lost the ball and he was up quite you know way upfield near the halfway line so he has he does look as if he's a very cultured sort of 
thinking man's player. Uh, and let's hope that he continues that. But as I say, I've got that little doubt about this, his speed or lack of. At least uh, turning good competition for Laporte out there now with you know, John Stones back as well and Diaz, uh, you know, delivering. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, isn't it, when they're all back? And you know, the one I feel a little bit sorry for is Ake, who's done absolutely nothing wrong and uh, all of a sudden seems to be keeping the bench warm permanently. So it's going to be a tricky one, that, for Pep to manage. I'm not quite convinced Stones is going to be playing regularly at fullback. So you're going to have all of them competing for the two centre-half places, probably alongside Diaz, who will be a regular. So there's going to be a lot of rotation there, if you fair to say. Okay, we're going to take a break there. When we come back, who do we fear most for the Premiership title? What about Arsenal? What about uh, Spurs? And dare I say, what about Liverpool? Join us in a couple of ticks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, folks. Okay, who do we fear most for the Premiership title? Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, dare I really say it, Manchester United? Let's kick off with Tony. Well, I'm just enjoying the ride at the moment. I think most of us thought Liverpool and Chelsea would be our two biggest threats, and they've both looked pretty weak at times, to be honest. So certainly Chelsea, I can't see up there. Liverpool, unfortunately, we can never write them off, albeit they've started pretty slowly. Arsenal, well, Good luck to them. They've lost, what, one game, albeit the first tough game they've had. They came up a little bit short. I certainly don't buy all this. We'll run away with the league this season. I don't think we've really been tested yet. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good season. It looks like the sort of season where, you know, there'll be a lot of competition at the top. And I I hate to say it, Spurs look reasonable, albeit they blew it in Europe the other night. Arsenal will be up there. So, yeah, it'd be nice to have a proper fight for one. So let's let's enjoy it. Look, I think we're good enough to win it and uh, don't care about the rest, to be honest. I certainly do. I think we're good enough to win it as well. But I have to say, I think our bogey team, Spurs, Nick, uh, look, look threatening. I mean, they had their own comeback kid, didn't they, the weekend with, with Son coming back and getting a hat-trick in, what was it, 16 minutes. You know, they've got a good manager and they've got a strong squad, haven't they? They have. Uh, and I think the manager is the key. Um, resilience is not their strong point. Um, So we'll see. This is going to be a very strange and very long um, year uh, or season. The World Cup in the middle and already we have had fixtures cancelled and postponed and, you know, we just don't know where they're all going to to end up. But I think it's very, very early days. Um, I think City have really not, had a really strange start to the season. I mean, on a, on three or four occasions, have just been absolutely sensational. Um, the Nottingham Forest game, the Seville game, to name but two. Um, but have then had two or three pretty average sort of performances as well. And even when 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 uh, we've won, so you know, on the whole, that's generally pretty good. We're, we're winning games that we're not playing brilliantly in. 
Um, and it looks like there's a hell of a lot more to come. And I suspect there's actually a hell of a lot more to come from, from Haaland, for example, who, you know, pretty much everything that he does at the moment is turning into a goal, um, regardless. Um, so when he really gets into his stride, um, you know, God knows what's going to happen. Um, be interesting to see whether the four or five other sort of goal scorers that we have in the team who normally score 9, 10, 12 goals a season, whether it's Foden, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Bernardo, just how many they get this year. Um, because, you know, normally we score 90 plus goals, 100 odd goals a season. Um, it doesn't really matter where those goals come from. Holland gets half of them, then fine. Um, but if he doesn't, but the other the other players don't contribute to the level that they have done before, then you know we we might still find ourselves um, struggling a little bit at times. I do think that you know where where things end up in February March could be wildly wildly different to where they are now. I think we've got one or two areas of weakness, particularly at right back, um, which could come back to bite us. As far as the other teams are concerned. Um, you've got to look at the resilience of both Arsenal and Spurs. Both have got fantastic potential, but you just don't know how they're they're going to hang on to things after 25-plus games. Um, right. Liverpool, I think, will come good. I think they've had injuries early on. Got a couple of players um, that have come into the team that have just got to settle in, but you'd expect them to be up there. Um United and Chelsea don't know, but I do think that if we if we play like we did at the weekend against United in in a week and a half's time, then you know we're going to have a tough time. Okay, so who do you who do you fear most? Um, probably Liverpool, although I hate hate them very much. Um, I think they'll they'll overtake you know Spurs and Arsenal uh, eventually. Uh, Spurs and Arsenal meet in the first. On the first Saturday after the international break, we play United on the following Sunday. Um, two very big games this early in the season, of course. Um, I think you know we could. It's ours to lose. I think we're we're massively odds on to win it. Um, Liverpool are second favourites and probably rightly so. Spurs are Spursy. Arsenal. I don't think they can maintain the current run that they're on. Um, I think we'll win it. Uh, as Nick just said, right back is a problem. I don't think Stones is a right back in any shape, way or form. Uh, they're stalling about Walker's, Carl Walker's new contract at the moment. So maybe they've got somebody in mind in the January window. I don't know. Uh, once Haaland starts scoring goals, we'll be all right. Well, let's come back to Haaland because I can't resist it, Tony. I was looking at the Daily Mail this morning and they are speculating. I'll just quote this directly from the paper. If Haaland uh, were to play every league, domestic cup and Champions League match this season and kept up his current rate of 1.4 goals per game and City got to the final of those competitions, quite a tall order, I admit, he would score 88 goals, right? <laughs> now, now, we all... I think we can take it as well. That's you know beyond even our wildest dreams. However, Dixie Dean's title, uh, total of sixty goals wouldn't seem that in, far off, would it? Given his current form, and given also the fact that, of course, come the World Cup, he's having a nice rest. Yeah. Not, not in it, you know. I think that could be a crucial factor, Tony. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just astonishing the way he started, isn't it? He's shown no signs of needing any time to settle in. He's only failed to score in one game. And he just looks unstoppable, doesn't he? He certainly doesn't look like the sort of player who's going to get injured. I think he's he's six foot four, isn't he? And he says he's still growing. He's just a monster. It's astonishing. Yeah. yeah. He, doesn't, um, he doesn't run enough to get injured, does he? No. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. You make a very valid point. He's very economical with his, with his movement and his touches. But his pace is phenomenal. His strength is phenomenal. It's just a joy to watch. I mean, that goal against Borussia Dortmund. I mean, how how did he get up there? It was just astonishing. Yeah. I've never seen him. I haven't been that high since my university days. It was just ridiculous. And what a ball as well we might add. So, yeah, yeah let's just enjoy it. I mean, he's he's surely... He's got to break every record that's going. You know, he might. We might be unlucky, and he does pick up a serious injury. But I've also been very impressed with Alvarez. So, hopefully, we've got an understudy there for many years to come. Well, so. that was the point. That was, that was the point I was going to put to you, Nick. I mean, you know, if God forbid he was injured, you know, is that the end of our chances of winning the Premiership, let alone Champions League? Well, no, clearly it isn't. Absolutely not by any means whatsoever. Um, I think I don't want to be mean, but I'm tempted to say, particularly with the start that he's had, just with the number of goals he's already got, that you know he 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 should be breaking every record. Um, it would be slightly weird if he didn't, because either he'd end up missing a lot more than he has done, or we would be, we would be playing really badly. Um, Alvarez Al- Alvarez looks like a cracking player. Uh, my my slight concern with him at the moment is that he's getting obviously he's not he's not getting as many chances, but he's kind of it 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 it, 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 it does feel a bit like he's a little bit sort of underrated at the club and by the fans. Um, he's not getting all of the. Um, respect that he deserves we're almost treating him like you know he's sort of a, a reserve player uh, and I don't think he deserves that I mean he, he might not play as many games as Haaland but I think we need to I'm just looking at Gabriel uh, uh, Jesus when I'm talking about this right I think now I've got no issue with the fact that he left the club I always thought he'd do really well wherever he went he's doing a great job at Arsenal but he's getting that role as being the number nine and he's doing really well out of it. Uh, now, I think Alvarez has got the potential to do that. I just hope that he doesn't end up getting slightly lost in the mix with Haaland and, you know, all the other players. Okay. Season, that we, do don't, think, we don't see his full potential. Do you think there's a danger of that, Stuart? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure he was bought as a first team player, to be honest. Um, I I think he cost about, was it 16 million or something? I think he was bought with the future in mind, really. Once we got Haaland, I think he was pushed back in the pecking order a little bit. I do like him. He's got a lot of pace. He's got a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, Going back to Haaland, he's Premier League scoring record for us. It's only for us, obviously. 1.72 goals per 90 minutes, which would make him... 65 goals this in the Premier League alone this season. He scored 100 goals in 99 games since he joined Borussia Dortmund. Uh, that um, would be better than Dixie Dean. And Dixie Dean got got 60 goals. But Dixie Dean, of course, didn't have so many games to go out. He'd only have the games at FA Cup yeah, game, true. in fairness. But, but yeah. by your... I think Pep's also playing two strikers at times during yeah. games, which is a bit unusual for him. 
he's never he's not very often played two strikers. So yeah, I mean, we Harlan's a phenomenon. What he also does is takes out a lot of defenders. Um, yeah. When he's in the penalty area, when we've got a corner, he's got two, three men on him. So exactly. there are gaps opening up elsewhere. Exactly. So he won't just score goals. He'll he'll make player other players, uh, you know, get goals as well. Even though there may not be assists as such, he will assist in that way, you know, by taking other players out of the game. And he also was the second assister, I think, wasn't he, at, at Wolves? Yeah. All right. Uh, some fi- final thoughts. Piece of work, actually. Final thoughts, gentlemen, for our next home game against uh, United, of course. Um, assuming Avanti West Coast let us all get there, change the habit of a lifetime and lay on a decent service. Uh, we'll, we'll, see it, we'll believe it when we see it. Uh, let's kick off with Tony. Um, prospects against Manchester United. I mean, let, let's not forget, I hate to be pessimistic, we've had some terrible last-minute moments against United, particularly at home, haven't we? How could I possibly forget? Yes, we have. And they seem to have, well, they had turned the corner, hadn't they? And everyone was saying from going from the world's worst team, they were the world's greatest team, and now they're fairly average again. I still think they're fairly average, and I still think we're much, much better than them. But as you say, we've got a bit of a mixed record against them at times. But we're good enough, I think, with Haaland in the team. You can never be confident going into a derby, can you? But we are definitely a class above and I think we've proved it before and we'll prove it again. We'll be all right, John. Don't worry, mate. As long as you get there, we'll be all right. Oh, by hook or by crook for that one, I'll tell you. Uh, Nick, your thoughts on, on that on, on that game, given the, you know, our history, given the atmosphere, given the you know the tension it creates amongst not, not just the fans, but the players themselves, your, your prospects? Well, I think there are very, very few teams that... Um, <laughs> you can look at and say, well, you know, it depends how well they play as to how we we do against them. Um, and United aren't, aren't one of them. It all comes down to whether we play well or not. If, 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 we, if we reach our potential or anything close to it, we will win that game, or at least uh, uh, we should do. Um, if we don't, then it's anybody's guess how it's going to turn out. We've had some bad results against them recently. Uh, let's hope we don't have another one because it would be very miserable. Stuart, I think we have to acknowledge they are a much better team under this manager, certainly in the last two or three games, than, than they were previously. So they're, they're a bigger threat, aren't they? Um, <laughs> I think at home, I know we've had a few blips against them at home particularly. Um, I think we'll be all right. I think if we play to 90% of our potential. Uh, I think we've, we've achieved about 70 so far this season. I think if we play to 80, 90%, we'll be, we'll be fine. I don't think, I think ta- tactically, I think we can outwit them and outplay them. And I think we'll be fine. Fingers crossed. Gentlemen, thank you all very much indeed. Thank you to you at home for watching. See you again soon. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.